0: Hey everyone, this is John with the Game Deflators Podcast. This week, Ryan and I haven't had an opportunity to record, so we are going to release our third Lost episode. Enjoy. Hey, this is john and welcome to game Deflators podcast
1: season two lost episode number three i'm joined by ryan hey what's up everybody we finally got mics we finally got the setup going we're finally ready and we're still not releasing this episode yeah it's true because we're still
0: in the testing phase so if this gets released it's probably gonna be way down the road when we are um little better off with our overall audio engineering and our content and
1: by that he means
0: less embarrassed that is very true so let's go ahead and open it up this week um some new pickups so this week i had a uh, pretty cool pickup i ended up finding a sega cd complete in box uh for gen 2 and i found a complete in box sega genesis uh those are two things i've always wanted to pick up um Haven't found a Sega CD in probably about three, four years. Last two I found, including a Sega CD X, were in terrible condition. Uh, One of them was completely filled with roaches and roach poop. And the other one was just shot. Needed to have a, um, I believe the disc tray was messed up. So I gave it to a buddy of mine, uh, James, actually from season one. Uh, He was able to fix it and get his, get the Sega CD working. So I just went ahead and let him have it. Uh, The other item, obviously to complete in box Genesis I've probably come across 50, 60 Sega Genesis Gen 2s in my lifetime so far. And uh, this was the first time I found a complete in box. So pretty cool to have the box. I'll be holding on to that one. As far as the Sega CD is concerned, working condition, looks perfect. I didn't have any issues with it. I popped in Cadillac Dinosaurs or Cadillacs and Dinosaurs on the Sega CD. Uh, loose copy goes for about 20 bucks. I think complete in box, somewhere around 50 right now. Wasn't my type of game in the five minutes I played. Probably have to give it a little more time. This is really for a testing purpose. I think in a future podcast, this might be a game that we review. Ryan,
1: did you have any new pickups this week? Uh, so I didn't actually pick up anything new. I actually kind of went back to something that I got a long time ago when I first picked up my Switch. A uh, rhythm-style tapping game. Uh, lots of uh, J-pop and... Uh, more just audio type uh tap tap hero kind of style game it's uh it's pretty fun it's called Voice V O E Z i picked it up a few years ago as a way to kill time on the light rail here getting to school and back uh, but it always needed an live internet connection to be able to play and it was a pay to play game where you needed to get downloads for the songs In order to keep playing and get more music so you weren't just doing the same things over and over again. So with the Switch release, it's actually a much better size to play on with the width of the screen and kind of the bulk of the system as opposed to playing on the phone always felt a little crowded. Plus, it's a full game for the Switch, $40 release, and it comes with all the tracks It looks like, as far as I can tell, it's gotten all the updates and all the additional tracks added to it since it came out, and there's no internet connection required to play.
0: Yeah, so I actually, uh, you had me download the phone version for it because I was not about to buy it on Switch, and uh, we can definitely dig into, I guess, um, pretty much a comparison between the two of them next week as part of our inflation-deflation, right?
1: Yeah, so we'll check out next week to see if the mobile version is worth your time as a free distraction that you can maybe throw a few bucks at, pick up some tracks you like, and just kind of use it that way. Or if it's something that you're going to be more into and really want to kind of take your time with and have a lot of tracks available to you, is it worth the purchase to get around that always-on internet connection? Although one thing that I've noticed is lacking is the bluetooth headphone support which i always have my beats x on me so it's nice that i can do that with my headphones on my phone but the switch without a bluetooth wireless connection for the headphones it's just it's a little inconvenient to play because i don't want to be blasting my j-pop in public and having everybody look at me and be like man that's a cool song man he sucks at tapping on it yeah i mean i i had a little bit of a fun with my my time on
0: the phone version i'll definitely dig into it uh next week for our inflation or deflation and and discuss which one is overall worth it um so yeah i don't want to dig too much i want to save that for next week sounds good yeah so uh something else i mean seeing as you're currently playing that and messing with it as a um a recent pickup is uh i went ahead and finally beat horizon zero dawn on vps4
1: Okay, yeah, so you've been playing through that for a while. I know you said last week that you'd just kind of gotten into the DLC, so uh, was the DLC short compared to the rest of the game, or or are you just at that point where you just were eating through the content? Yeah, so at this point I was just
0: eating through the content. You know, it kind of outlived its, um, not necessarily its fun, but it outlived the experience. I mean, I had put probably 60 hours into this game between side missions and DLC and everything else. The DLC itself was fun, um, but it did at the end kind of feel like the same thing I'd already been playing. And then it turned out actually, um, when I started playing the DLC, I was on the last mission for the the final mission for the game. And uh, overall, I got to say the game, I would honestly give it a 10 out of 10. If you haven't played it yet, pick up a complete uh, version of it. The um, volley expansion information or information, all of the expansion Title, so that would pretty much be uh the frozen wilds and uh the full game itself i think you'll definitely enjoy it it's 20 bucks right now pretty much anywhere you pick it up could probably get it for less used um via third party uh whether it's ebay or locally um but yeah overall truly enjoyed the game the end of it was phenomenal uh i would say there's likely going to be a second one if you are into playing this game or you're currently playing it wait till the end credits It's a fantastic ending as a, you know, kind of a secondary ending uh, after the credits. And, yeah, overall, if they release a second one, totally looking forward to it. Would totally buy it, and I would probably get it at that full $60 price range when it first comes out, pending
1: reviews that people release. You know, that's something interesting that you said in there that I've always kind of wondered about. So, when you get a game, uh, and you wait for the expansion content to come out, and you get the expansion content with the game... Now, most people that buy a game at launch, they wait for the expansion content to come out later. So they've probably played through the game and then maybe they play through again and jump into the expansion content. But you specifically waited till you were already almost done with the game before you jumped into it. Now, was that content that you could have gone into at any point in time or did you have to wait till you were at that point because of like level caps or something?
0: No, I could have got into it at any point. Um, As far as I I know, I probably got into it when I was about 70% into the game um, on the main quest. So when I finally did get into the DLC, it did break out into its own, uh,
1: essentially, story mode. So uh, it felt totally diverse from the main campaign. So you were so enthralled with the main campaign that you wanted to wait and get further through that before jumping into the DLC. And it's just... It's kind of weird because if you wait until the game and the DLC come out at the same time, like uh, I saw a review for uh, Skyrim with all of its DLC and they noted how it seemed pretty seamless, the transition into the Dawnguard expansion and how you could really do that whenever throughout the main campaign because it really kind of blends in with Skyrim style. But... I know I went back and I tried to replay through Skyrim and I just kind of, you know, kept doing all the normal stuff that I would do without really seeking out that expansion content. Even though I've already gone through Skyrim plenty of times, that new content was kind of what I was back for. And I ended up burning myself out on playing Skyrim again before even getting to kind of what I was there for. And I had picked that up on the switch because I was like, man, I played through Skyrim so many times it'd be, Awesome to be able to Skyrim on the go. Yeah,
0: so in my experience, a lot of what I I tend to just wait for Game of the Year editions and such to come out or complete versions like a Horizon Zero Dawn. One game recently that I played uh, without waiting for uh, was Bloodborne. So I beat Bloodborne, enjoyed the game a lot, actually. And uh, James, uh, again, from season one, uh, purchased for my birthday, or Christmas, can't remember. uh, He's downloaded the, or not downloaded, but he purchased me a download code for the DLC of Bloodborne. And that was pretty cool because I could jump into the Bloodborne DLC uh, without having any crazy, having to play through the full game and get to it. Like, I already had my character built. I was able to jump into essentially a separate world, in a sense, and go into it. Um, So that wasn't too bad. Now, I know there are games out there that, you know, to DLCs at a certain point and you got to, you know, play through the game to get to that point of a DLC. Luckily with Horizon Zero Dawn, that doesn't seem
1: to be the case. You can purchase a DLC at any point and jump into it. It just, it seems like a lot of people are going to try to push through that vanilla content before getting to the expansion content. And it's just weird that given the opportunity to not do it that way, it seems like, a lot of people still choose to play the game that way just because there's some idea of playing the game the way it was released, even though you have the advantage of not being restricted by that. And I just think it's kind of interesting that people still choose to go through content that way, especially optional content.
0: Yeah. So the one cool thing about horizon zero dawn is while you are playing in a DLC, the character does speak about other things that are occurring in the game at that point, so that kind of led me to believe that maybe you do have to hit a certain uh, point within the quest to get to the DLC. I wouldn't know because of how late I got into it. The other interesting thing is that in the, in the DLC itself, there's new weapons that you can get, um, there's modifications to your spear that you can also get, a whole new currency system called Blue Gleam uh, that's within that area, and you know that kind of that definitely meshed well with the overall game itself. And, you know, I just got to say, like, that DLC was pretty decent. Um, I'm happy I per- or had the complete copy and didn't have to go out and buy a whole separate DLC. But overall, um, you know, like I said, if you haven't picked it up yet, the complete version is 20 bucks. pretty much anywhere you go at this point. Brand new. can probably get it cheaper third party. And uh, I-, I highly recommend it. So,
1: speaking of uh, DLC content... I think uh, we should move on to all the new downloads that I'm going to be getting on Switch. We checked out Nintendo's uh, September 13th Nintendo Direct. And my God, is there a lot of cool stuff coming out for Switch that's going to be uh, making me go out and have to pick up some more memory cards to hold all this content. I mean, we've got Final Fantasy making a huge comeback. On to Nintendo, which I'm super happy to see. Uh, we've got more uh Mario Tennis Aces. That game just came out. They're getting three new characters already, along with plans for future updates with new characters to be released. Um
0: let's see what else. Uh yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you on my rebuttal on that end. Um I see you've got your computer up so you're looking up a few different items so i've got a lot of beef overall of nintendo and all of these ports um one thing that's kind of getting on my nerves is i invested personally into the wii u console when it first came out and a lot of these games being ported over are either the same with a couple extra things um to kind of tie in with that nintendo online or they are pretty much the same game just a different title um, so first one is the mario u deluxe I mean, they literally kept the U in Mario U from the Wii U console. Uh, Added a few different things. I think you can play as like a Toadette Peach or something in this level. There's a few unlockables uh, that have been added. But overall, it's literally a rehash of the Wii U game. The same exact deal popped onto a Switch. As a Wii U owner, and now a Switch owner, for me, that's kind of a slap in the face in a sense. in that I invested in the Wii U console in advance. Um, I purchased the games on my console, played through them, and Nintendo rewards me down the road with, hey, here's the same game with some extra stuff popped on the Switch. So as a Wii U owner, I'm not very happy with that. I love the fact that Odyssey came out on the console. I, I loved that it. it was a fresh, um, not necessarily a fresh bit of content, but it was a fresh game. You hadn't played it before. It was a little different, a lot of different add-ons. Now you've got this Wii U version, which literally has a U in there, being ported over. And to me, that really is not new content from nintendo same for me can be said about uh mario deluxe or the aces game the tennis version i mean that just came out on wii u to your point and we're getting some new content, some new characters but that's a title i was came out on switch yeah well like sorry well it came out it was a late wii u release as well so you can buy it on the wii u
1: oh i didn't know that
0: yeah, exactly. So that's why um, I'm a little frustrated by that. So you've got that. You have the Yoshi crafting game, which looks to me like another Yoshi or Yoshi yarn for the most part. Wooly World? Yeah, Wooly World. So uh, yeah, I'm confusing Kirby Epic Yarn. So yeah, it looks like Wooly Kirby's World... Kirby's Epic Yarn is actually getting a 3DS port now also. Jesus Christ. So that was released on the Wii. So that's a little different. It's a couple generations back. But one thing I was discussing with Ryan before we started recording today... And one of the most frustrating aspects for me of Nintendo is if you look at the lifespan of the GameCube and you look at the Wii, when the Wii was released, Nintendo released new titles of motion controls. They had a few ports down the road, like Pikmin 1, Pikmin 2, and they had, um, what was there one we were talking about earlier? Uh, Zelda. I yeah. Think it was Twilight yeah. Princess. Twilight
1: Princess had dual release. Yeah,
0: but they didn't release something like Pokemon Coliseum, they didn't re release, um, uh, beautiful joe on the wii they didn't put out um super mario sunshine so there's a bunch of titles that were exclusive to the gamecube and weren't ported over uh, granted there were a few titles that came on over but nothing crazy when you look at the wii u same deal there wasn't a lot of wii games that came out on the wii u um, as far as super mario titles uh, any yoshi titles of any nature it was pretty much new content but now if the switch because the wii u sold so poorly They're pretty much slapping Wii U owners in the face and saying, well, you know, we know you invested in this title on the Wii U, but we're not going to put anything else on the Switch that's new. We're just going to rehash older Wii U games. And so I kind of wish, in a sense, Nintendo would take the route of uh, the the Call of Duty franchise when it was on the Xbox 360. It was released on a console, and people had an opportunity to bring their 360 version in and replace it with an Xbox One version or a PS4 version at the full cost. Not saying Nintendo should do a full price match, but there should be a discounted rate for Wii U owners as long as you can provide either proof of purchase or have the game on hand, even if it's just a greater discount than what you would get trading the game in a GameStop. Something along those lines to incentivize those of us that picked up titles on the Wii U. Another thing you can look at is on the Wii U, you also had the uh, Nintendo Club Nintendo points. So that was a way to verify your purchases as well. So if you have a physical copy of that game still in hand, the ability to go into a GameStop and have some sort of promotion to turn in your used game and put it towards a new title on the Switch, I think would be pretty much a saving grace for Nintendo in a sense from individuals such as myself, that are a little frustrated with the company and the direction are going on with these ports.
1: See, I know they have a different kind of deal now, where uh, if you buy digital copies on Switch, you get points, uh, and those add up towards buying more DLC content or buying new releases digitally. Um, so you're you're talking about how long it's taking to get? Like you're happy you got Mario Odyssey but you're not happy about the Mario U port because you're not going to play it because you already played it on Wii. So are, you're saying you would prefer to get another new Mario? Yeah. Because it was 2004 when Mario Sunshine came out. It took them three years to come out with Mario Galaxy. That was a whole new console generation later. They're not really putting out Mario games once a year like Call of Duty is. Like You're not going to get Mario Odyssey 2 Seven months after Mario Odyssey came out. It's just not going to happen. You, They're trying to give people who haven't played the Wii U games the chance to. And people who want a bigger Switch library that want to play more Mario. Especially because those are completely different style Mario games. Mario Odyssey is a lot more like a Mario Galaxy or a Mario Sunshine. Where you've got more open areas. Whereas the Mario U is really more of a level based platformer in the traditional sense like the older style Mario game so it's a it's a different type of Mario released on a console and while I see what you're saying with ports I just can't get over the fact that the switch is wherever you want to go you can take the switch anywhere so like maybe people really love playing older style platform Mario games but they don't want to maybe rebuy a cheap version of Super Mario World again because I'm pretty sure everybody by this point owns at least three different copies of Super Mario World and they played it a zillion times. Maybe you only played through Super Mario U once and half of Luigi U and now you get the chance to get those 300 levels and you can play it on the bus on your way to work.
0: Well, here's the thing, man. The release of Super Mario U and Luigi U was probably, what, about three years ago as well? And now it's being re-released on the Switch. So, in a sense, what they're doing is pretty much saying, hey, here's the same game that we released three, four years ago on the Wii U. We're going to add a couple new DLC characters and we're going to sell it to you at the full $60 rate. In my opinion you could very easily like most of these other companies are doing, say for example, uh, crash bandicoot. I think that game was $40 when it first came out for I all know, three games for yeah. a remastered copy. It was 40 bucks. Nintendo is basically saying, here's a couple extra things like a few add ons, kind of like with tropical freeze, you added funky Kong and maybe a couple other difficulties. I haven't even really looked into that one. Cause yeah. that was frustrating. Um, that's literally a port from the other console. How hard is it to just make a digital release only for switch owners? Hey, Here's a copy of the Wii U game if you missed out on purchasing a Wii U. Why sell it at a full price point of $60 with the same exact content plus a couple additional things to consumers? If I'm a a Wii U owner, which I am, and I look and say, wow, I really like those additional characters. I'm pretty much shit out of luck at that point. Um, I'm left to have to either wait and find this on sale. Or if I want to play as those few characters, I have to shell out $60 to play it on my Switch. That's complete BS, in my opinion, for the same game that I just purchased a few years back. And that's where it comes in. Like, why are they, you know, that was a generation ago. Why are you releasing the same game with a few things and putting it at a full package price point when it's literally a port? That's just something that frustrates me. And while, yes, you're correct, Odyssey did just come out, Um we could wait. A, I mean, I would rather wait a year or two and get a fresh Mario game than get a port to try and hold off some Switch owners. Like, they can get a digital copy, and they already have it on digital. There's no need for a physical release. There's no need for a $60 price tag. You know, at that point, I'd even be happy if Nintendo said, Hey, here's Super Mario uh, U and Luigi U. You. you can have a full version with everything included, new content and everything for 60 bucks for you Switch owners. But hey, if you're a Wii U owner... Here's just a DLC, and if you can provide your proof of purchase, maybe we give you a a free copy of it, or maybe we give you a discounted rate, something to incentivize those of us that were on the Wii U. Um, In my mind, they've just taken away that ability whatsoever, and now I'm stuck with the shell out 60 bucks to play with some new content and characters, or just don't buy at all. And I'm not saying I I want to play it, because really I don't care. I already beat the Wii U version. Um, But what I am saying is there's a lot of people out there that would love to play with some of those new characters, and they're pretty much screwed at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I think a big part of the problem with this, especially with the Switch, it seems like they're they're getting ports and transfers of all kinds of stuff now. I mean, it's it's the best of Steam, but the biggest difference is that a lot of those Steam games and indie games are going to cost you twenty bucks no matter where you buy it, and you could have two copies of that. For, you know, a third of the price of owning two copies of Mario U if you bought both versions new. So, there's obviously that. But the other problem is, I think, just the lack of a virtual console. Like, they've mentioned before, and they had a little bit more content on it during the direct event. The new uh, online Uh, what do they call it Nintendo online or whatever their subscription service for $30 a year gets you access to online multiplayer and voice chat through an app via phone via phone well I I mean it's a portable console so you want to be able to get it anywhere I mean it does kind of suck that there's not like a way to link it up to your home console station where you plug your switch in Maybe they'll release a newer station that has, like, some kind of access to that or something in the future. Or they'll go to Route of Apple and
0: release a special limited headset that is only usable on the Switch, and you cannot purchase it anywhere
1: else outside of Nintendo. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Xbox had that, too. I mean, I can't tell you how many different Xbox mics I had before I got Turtle Beach. Hence, Xbox sales in 2018. Right. Well, this was 360 days. This was when... This was when 360
0: was the place to play. but uh, they've moved on to, I don't know, what is it, like 200 different
1: controller variations of the same crap? Oh,
0: God, I know. Yeah, new limited edition controllers daily, it seems.
1: So with the Nintendo Switch Online, they're doing a NES bundle thing where they're going to be releasing NES games, and I've never owned an NES. I don't really have any nostalgia for the NES. I find NES games fun and interesting but not something that I really want access to a large library of titles to be able to go back to but it just seems like that's kind of what they're marketing right now despite the fact that each Joy-Con has enough buttons for SNES so you could literally have all the SNES games in there too but they're only marketing NES right now and that's frustrating because they've already made digital ports of almost every game that you would really care to play and the fact that they're holding that back i mean for people that own a switch like me and didn't have access to the virtual console like you on the wii u i'm sure there's lots of digital stuff that you have on there that i may never have access to yeah it's true. Um one of the key things I did is I
0: downloaded some Mega Man games on the virtual console when I first got in. I think they were on sales. It was like a
1: buck a piece to download Mega Man titles. See, and right there, we've got another port. They just released the Mega Man bundles where you've got Mega Man, I think it's like 1 through 10 and then Mega Man X, like yeah. some of them or something.
0: If you went on to uh, Wikipedia and searched up Mega Man, I'm sure there's probably like 10 different versions of those Mega Man titles on various Consoles and digital copies, and everything else you can think of. Um, I'm honestly kind of getting sick of the Mega Man releases. Um, uh, you know, with all well, honesty, 11's
1: just coming out now, so we'll see how that goes.
0: It's going to be just like Mega Man 10.
1: All right, <laughs> so also, uh, Nintendo Direct, we got some more news. Um, let's see here Luigi's Mansion 3 coming out, excited about that. That'll be fun. Uh, more ports uh Capcom beat 'em up bundle. They're releasing eight Capcom classic beat 'em ups onto the Switch. Yeah, that with multiplayer content, online player. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Co-op. Actually, I like the idea of
0: the the beat 'em ups being released as a bundle. Now, uh, a lot of those I actually already own uh, for the most part, but I still think it's a it's a pretty cool bundle for a lot of players that haven't had a chance to play those titles. And then, obviously, uh, I want to say you use the NES controllers on that one, too, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can use either the regular Joy-Cons or they're releasing a two-pack of NES-style controllers with the Joy-Con slide on top. So, you can just charge them on your Switch. I mean, you can't really use them as alternate Joy-Con controllers, which would have been a weird, funky, interesting thing to do. Or... um, Even better, I think it would be cool if they made some kind of way to have these wirelessly be able to connect to your NES Classic. If they made an NES Classic 2, release it with these as an optional peripheral that you can use on that console. But if you can get all these NESs on the Switch and it's kind of going to knock away some value from getting the NES Classic unless you really like just the idea of it and the form factor of it yeah i mean
0: when i saw that that was seriously the only thing so far i've been excited about the nintendo direct is those pretty cool looking controllers uh one thing that we actually posted recently on the facebook page is a uh non-existing switch power glove setup so if you go to our facebook page you can definitely check out that photo and how cool it would be to be handcuffed to power gloves on your switch
1: That'd be interesting. Yeah, it's totally would. I do know something else that you're excited about, though, from the Nintendo Direct, and that was the Asmodee tabletop gaming segment that they showed. So Switch has done something really cool here. They are bringing tabletop gaming away from the table and into the digital space, probably in a unique way that I think will actually make it work. Like, I know that they've got... Monopoly on every console and stuff. But it just feels to me like the Switch being able to go anywhere, being inherently multiplayer, not having to plug into anything, being able to sit down and play these tabletop games with people and just be able to pass the console around per turn, that's like a really cool way to do this now.
0: Yeah, actually, I think that's pretty innovative in a sense. I mean, we've had tabletop games, like you said, Monopoly, and I think Sorry and a few other...
1: Not necessarily Probably tabletop. All the classic Hasbro and yeah. all that stuff's on
0: there. Yeah, all that type of stuff has been on console before, so we've experienced that in a sense. But I think the idea of having like a Settlers of Catan. Now, granted, we need to see how it actually plays on a Switch. I think it's actually pretty cool. Uh, if you're on the go and you don't have the board game with you, or, or you're in a setting where you really can't set up a board game, this is actually a pretty cool concept. And the one thing I don't like is immediately I said. And you can play everything via paid DLC. So as a board game player um, with tabletops and such, I'm used to the idea of having to purchase expansion sets uh, for different games. So a Catan, you would buy the base set of one through four on the players, but you had to purchase the expansion uh, for five to six, which, you know, is probably 30 bucks extra. So I'm wondering how cheap this DLC is going to be uh, for expansion content, uh, as well as a base price. So, We'll see how that comes out, but I'm actually pretty stoked about this. There's a few games coming out that I noticed, Catan, Pandemic, and I want to say a Lord of the Rings game as well.
1: Yeah, it's a Lord of the Rings living card game, which I've never heard of or played, but the thing that that gets me excited for is the idea of TCGs on your Switch. I mean, we've all played tons of Hearthstone by now and Magic Online We're all still waiting for Artifact to come out, even though that was announced two years ago. I have
0: judgment if you actually purchase into that like I did.
1: See, exactly. So things like that, I think that the Switch will be able to maybe take that AR idea and turn it into something where you can have your Switch in your hands and you can be playing, okay, I'm actually holding my hand of cards in my hand and i can just swipe gesture down and now i can see the board and have that kind of digital interface of how you would actually be interacting yeah
0: exactly so i am like in all honesty that is a pretty cool concept Uh, another thing that actually interested me although i want to look more into it is game freaks new rpg that you showed
1: me that's supposed to working title town
0: Yeah, so it's supposed to be set up in, like, one individual town. If that is a physical release, because I am all about physical releases, and it gets pretty decent reviews overall, that might be a day one purchase for me, given the, the videos that I've seen so far. I thought it was pretty interesting. So, we'll see. Not a whole lot in my mind that really piqued my interest for Nintendo. I think I'm more frustrated about the ports and, you know, digital releases of titles and such. Um, that have just been on other consoles over the years Uh, that to me just is not exciting but things like that controller and a new rpg by game freak would interest me a good deal plus that tabletop i want to see how that plays out and the reviews i mean it's got to play well in my opinion a tabletop is kind of like trying to play uh an rts on a console games like halo wars and uh i'm trying to think uh red oh god what was it um, red alert on the ps1 those are titles that really are meant for the pc so i'm very curious to see how a tabletop is going to be integrated into a console like the switch
1: well and there's always the thing like i know that uh, me and john we play dnd together and i feel like the more i try to incorporate technology as a dm the more it kind of gets in my way so i've found a good marriage so far of Having gone through the learning curve of saying, okay, this is enough technology to enhance this idea and get through what I'm trying to get through, but any more than that, and it distracts me from what I'm trying to do. So it's got to play like the game without any of the digital interference that you get, like not being able to properly look at things or address things that you could do physically in a half a second with something that's meant to be that easy. You want to not have to go through menus and menus to find rulings. You want to be able to enhance it with a digital search tool to just be like, okay, what's this ruling? Bam, there you go. It already looked it up. You don't have to go open the box, pull out the manual. If you could save time, that's a good thing. But if it's going to cost you time and uh, it's just not worth it. Yeah, actually you
0: bring up a good point on that. One thing I've always done personally when playing board games, and they're actually releasing I want to say it was a Kickstarter a while back where you could download a uh, application that gave you rules and how to play on a bunch of board games already like preloaded into it. But for me personally, I'm the type of individual that can learn from watching videos and such. So when I get a new board game, I typically hit YouTube, I look at some reviews of a game, look at playthroughs, setup and see people playing it over, you know, five to even 20 minute span of time to learn that game and walk through it. And, um, you know, I see where you're coming from. The technology in a sense does get away, but I do see it where the technology is a big assistance as well. Uh, One thing I did want to bring up, uh, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, was on the Nintendo online, you're bringing up $30 a year. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of on the fence on it, I personally am as well. Uh, I haven't had a very good experience with Nintendo online in previous years via the Wii U console. so And that was through multiplayer and such on that console. So I'm going to be one of those individuals that kind of sits back and sees Nintendo fall in its face initially because we all know it's going to occur uh, with their online setup. I want to see how it works out. And then I might invest into it. I don't know about you. What's your opinion on investing? Are you going to invest right away?
1: I know that they've had a lot of trouble in the past kind of accepting the turn into online. But I think that the Switch is such a multiplayer-focused system. And it's such a portable-focused system that if you want to be able to connect online, they got to make it work. they got to do better than friend codes and typing in long streams of characters to try to connect with somebody and then failing. Now, I do think that their eShop is a lot better than it used to be. I know that the loading times are way shorter than they ever used to be, and I appreciate that. But the other thing that I think that the Switch has done really well, that has an online component to it, it's definitely not online multiplayer gaming or anything like that. But I think that the switch news channel is kind of like a secret hero on the switch. Like I can just click over to that tab and it shows me all kinds of information. You've got all the different channels that you can subscribe to. So like if you're big into breath of the wild, you'll find recipes, you'll get, little promos to get new uh, free just like health items or ingredients for cooking. There's all kinds of different tips and tricks that pop up there. Plus uh, all the different content for the direct. I didn't actually have to watch the whole direct. I could just go in there, click on what I liked, and it's got a great little, I liked it, I didn't like it, feedback at the bottom that you can just use to tell them what you're actually participating in. It's all short, concise, And useful information. I I think that the fact that they're reaching out to everybody at once constantly through that and they're looking for feedback means that they're really trying to get a presence with everybody put together a little bit better on this console than they did before. Especially since they're really working on it being useful on third party devices of any kind through your phone they really got to be on top of it and have a good support system to make that work. Yeah. And my thought on
0: this is, um, I think Nintendo's trying to do a little too much at one time, given they're trying to jump into mobile, they're trying to jump into online. They're creating, in my opinion, crappy ports that are coming over. So they got, they got their hands full right now and it'll be interesting to see if they can actually pull this off. Um, so closing out of Nintendo Direct and everything going on with that, we'll probably talk more about it as games are announced and new content is released. Uh, maybe Waluigi on Super Smash Bros. I highly doubt it. Um, but one thing that we want to jump into is our inflation and deflation. So last week we went ahead and played two crude dudes on the Sega Genesis. This game is a, not necessarily a port. Well, yeah, it's a port of crude buster on the arcade uh which was released in japan and it was ported over to genesis in 1992 so about a year apart uh game itself is essentially a beat-em-up uh one of my favorite uh types of games post-apocalyptic i think it takes place in 2020 is when it's supposed to take place so we're coming to
1: that point so keep an eye out for uh, two crude dudes yeah new yorkers watch out for atomic destruction and uh crazy mutant zombies and also big buff crude dudes coming your way any elves that throw bombs
0: that's one thing to, to keep an eye out for so game itself uh, i think it was like six stages uh ryan and i played through five stages pretty easily um with the the genesis title
1: yeah just using our continues in our lives no codes or anything like that we almost beat it on our first try despite not really getting the controls for like the first couple levels like I think it was like level four, we finally realized we had a role, and then once we realized we had a role, we weren't exactly sure how to execute it, or what it even did for us. Yeah, no, that that for sure. That
0: was um, one thing about the game, I and mean, we we didn't really look into controls, we just kind of picked on and said, all right, let's go. And I felt it was actually pretty fun. Uh, granted, it's only six levels, so um, to kind of jump on the price point here for you guys, two crew dudes, I don't know why, but maybe because it's pretty decent jumped up in price. It's like 25 bucks for a loose copy. Now complete in box rolling around 50, probably get one without the manual for 40. If you really wanted to box, um, game itself, as we've said, post-apocalyptic 2020 two buff guys that do stretches at the end of every level and beat up Coke machines at the end of every level, uh, for points. It's pretty cool. Um, the overall combat in the beat em up sense is kind of slow, but it is cool that you can pick up items like cars and lead pipes and signs and all these crazy things and even each other and throw each other into characters while still dealing damage. It's pretty interesting that you can do that. And in my experience playing this, at least the, the original in a sense on V Genesis, I thought it was a lot of fun and I do actually want to play it again all the way through and complete it um, only because it is such a short game. It shouldn't be too difficult. Now, the other thing we did is we ended up finding out that Too Crude is a game that's on the Switch. It's pretty much the same game. That title goes for $8.99 digitally on the Switch console. And you get unlimited credits, uh, and there's a good reason for that. Two players, which, you know, in my mind was kind of difficult with the Switch controller, probably because I didn't have it mapped correctly initially. Uh, but yeah, that game was, was fairly interesting. I'll let Ryan talk a little bit more into that title, mainly because I'm more on the negative with that version, and he's a little bit more on a positive, so let's hear his feedback on that.
1: Yeah, so we picked that up immediately after playing our uh, Genesis version session, and we tried rolling through that for a little bit. I actually liked it way better. It's got full colors. It's got way more details. The uh, backgrounds are actually filled with cityscapes and... Uh, some different parallax scrolling layers showing off more details, vibrant colors. Uh, there wasn't as much like flashing or kind of screen tearing. It really looked like either John's version of the game, which he cleaned. And I mean, it seemed like it, it worked fine. So I don't know that it I think it was just a the difference between the port on the switch and. Of probably the original arcade, which was probably a lot more powerful of a machine than the Genesis was at the time. Enabling you to get more of that original feeling that they were going for. Uh, I took it over to a friend's house later and played through more of it there. And I really started to enjoy it a lot more. I felt like the control inputs were uh, better and better. more responsive i was actually able to use the role to get away and to actually avoid some of the more quarter munchy style parts of some of the boss fights uh one thing that i thought was really interesting was the levels are completely out of order like the different versions of the game have completely different level ones and level twos actually i think the level ones are the same but beyond that they're all mixed up and i don't know why they would do that um also the items that you can interact with uh seem a little bit deeper i don't remember john on the genesis version could you pick up poles and swing them like weapons or was everything just a projectile because i remember on the genesis everything that you pick up you just throw
0: Yeah, I want to say the poles were definitely projectile, the car was projectile, different characters and enemies were projectiles. As far as the signs are concerned, I want to say those were also projectiles in the game.
1: Yeah, because in the Switch version, you could grab out a street sign and just swing it like a bat in front of you and use it as a weapon. Yeah, which is pretty nice overall.
0: I would have to say with the the Switch version, again, I probably didn't have it mapped correctly, but I just can't get over to small little controller versus Genesis version uh, which obviously I'm playing on a Genesis controller, so the the feel of that actual controller in my mind is a lot better than what was on the Switch.
1: Well, and part of it could also be that I I have no nostalgia for Genesis. I've never been a Sega gamer, so holding the Genesis controller is weirder to me than holding a Joy-Con. Like even a Joy-Con's small, and each Joy-Con's layout is different. It's just. I've never really held a Genesis controller. I've never really played Genesis games, so I've just really no, you know, button one, two, three. Like three buttons just seems weird to me
0: already. Well, I mean, the uh, Super Nintendo had four buttons on the right side. Yeah, exactly. An even number. <laughs> so actually, you could have gotten a six button controller on the Genesis. It would have been okay. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I mean, both games I thought were pretty good the quarter muncher version is on the switch via that port of two crude definitely better graphics um at least when playing it on a uh, 4k tv um the graphics are a lot better and that's probably given you know having to render a uh was a 16-bit console onto a 4k tv it's probably not the best thing to be doing but overall uh when looking at two crude i personally am on the deflation side of this I would say the game needs to be about five bucks. I don't agree with the eight ninety nine price tag on that. Um, if it was five bucks, it's a quick, maybe one hour session of gaming that you can play. Look into, you know, getting higher scores down the road of your friends, changing up the, the art style because you can actually change the coloration
1: within the title itself. You could change, like, the... The, the cell to shading. To CRT, and you can change, like, kind of, like, to have it some scan lines and make it look a little more... Retro, And I think that might be um, the creator of this on Switch. I didn't really look into it, but he has a number of games under that studio that have ported things over. That might just be an overlay that they have for all their titles to kind of give you some of that more retro, like kind of curved edge, old school TV feel that you don't get with a modern day flat monitor.
0: Yeah, which is pretty interesting. I did like that kind of visual. I mean, the game looks beautiful uh, on the Switch. Honestly, I think it was pretty cool. I would just rather I don't I don't like that version of the game. I actually really do prefer the Genesis version of the game. To me it, it felt smoother in a sense than the copy of Two Crude on the Switch. So I would if it if Too Crude was five bucks, I might buy it on the Switch. Um, but I already have two crude dudes on the Genesis. And to me, that is the more superior version of the game. That is how it was meant to play. It isn't a port or You know, it's not a a rehash on a new console. Um, That, in my thought, is the way to play that game. And I just really could not get super into the too crude on the Switch. Um, So, I'm assuming you're on the inflation side of us. So, I'm going to
1: say this. It it was a fun beat-em-up. I'm not a huge fan of beat-em-up. But I had a good time with it. I had a good time with both versions. I think I had a better time with the Switch version. And... I think that at least for what we were doing with it for the podcast, I would say that it was worth my $8.99 plus the you know, $0.50 cent kickback I get for buying something digital that I can use towards a future purchase. I think it was definitely worth that for me. If I had a Genesis and I had nostalgia for beat-em-ups and I really wanted to get the game, I still don't think that I would pay 20 bucks for it or 50 bucks for it in a box, but if if it was absolutely something I had to play, I'd pick it up on Switch. I wouldn't go out and spend, you know, 100 bucks or whatever it's going to cost for a Genesis and a Genesis version. But either way, I really I think it was worth playing at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of
0: brought up a good point the other day looking at it from the sense of a movie. You paid 9 bucks, we got about an hour worth of gameplay into it for two people um you know is it worth it sure i don't think it's worth nine dollars i would say five for two crew dudes on the genesis loose 25 bucks in box 50 would i pay 25 bucks right now for that game hell no um mainly because the game is so short in my thought why would you pay 25 dollars for is essentially a couple hours of content at the most once you play this game there's one of two scenarios. You continue playing it to increase your high score and play with some of your friends, or it gets set aside, and then you don't play it again. I don't feel that that is worth 25 bucks. I might pay 10 to $15 for a loose copy of this game, but in no way would I pay 25 bucks. And I can tell you that when I got this game initially, probably about three years ago, I bought it for $3 uh, secondhand. And at the time, a complete-in-box copy was going for somewhere around 12 to $15. Which, right now, I would love to find this copy at 10 to $15 for complete-in-box. But no way in my mind would I pay 50 Just, that's out of the picture whatsoever.
1: All right, so that's, uh, that's what we thought about Two Crude Dudes. So we're going to be wrapping up. Uh, come back next week when we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what we've been playing anything that we've got recently we'll be doing a inflation deflation on voice the switch version versus the mobile version and uh you know anything else that comes up between then so thanks for listening uh make sure to check us out on facebook and anything else John nope i think we are uh, all good for this
0: episode i will probably have a new title that i bring up next week that i'm currently playing as i said i just beat horizon zero dawn with the dlc great game go pick it up if you haven't played it yet i um, gonna go see what's on sale locally and maybe get a new title so thanks for listening this has been john and yeah, ryan and we are the game deflators